0: All right, are we ready to read some scriptures tonight? You know the Bible says that the scriptures, the the word builds us up and um it'll it'll strengthen you, it'll build you and gives you an inheritance. Hallelujah. How many like inheritances? It's fun to be left something, isn't it? And he's left us with plenty. Now we're gonna start um with the scripture in Second Timothy tonight, chapter three. And I'm going to talk to you about the integrity of God's word. It says just to put us in remembrance of how strongly he wants us to stand on his word and to have his word in our life as final authority. You know, his word is final authority. In other words, there is no higher authority than the word of God. Praise the Lord, right? amen so uh that needs to be a part of our thinking and um, really a part of our actions too that however the word tells us to believe that's the way on whatever subject you're dealing with find out what the word says about it and I believe that um it'll help us hallelujah got a little bug up here sorry I'm just being honest <laughs> to kill it okay Whatever. Praise the Lord. We have authority over books. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Best oh. um, you never know what's going to happen when you're trying to minister the word. How oh, the devil comes. But anyway, praise God. Um, now, so let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 16 and it says, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, do we believe that or not? (laughs) You know, because I have been in some Bible classes at some kind of like seminaries. We used to say cemeteries, you know, some some of them, because they'll try to talk you out of what the scripture really says. And I love the story that Brother Hagin would say, you know, the little boy uh, was talking to his daddy about something that Jesus had said in the word and his his Father said, well, Jesus didn't really mean that. And the little boy said, well, why didn't he say what he means, you know, and mean what he says?" <laughs> and so, you know, Jesus did mean what he said. Amen. And here we see all scripture, all, that leaves out none, you know, there's none for, uh, to, to bring up and say, well, I don't know about that one. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Don't you like that? It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And then it goes on to say in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Um, the Amplified says that the man of God may be complete and proficient. Isn't it nice when you find somebody that's proficient in yeah. something it's always interesting the characteristics that people have that are very skilled in a, a part of their life. You know, yeah. we, we've we had some musicians lately here at the church that are so proficient in their oh, yeah. playing and their skill. And it's just magnificent, isn't it? But it takes, you know, I'm, I'm sure they have like a creative bend to them and, and, you know, they're uh, right. drawn toward music and, and whatever, but, but they don't just become that way overnight. <laughs> oh. You know, my husband, of course, he plays the organ and the piano beautifully. But he said it took hours and hours and hours and hours and years of practice yeah. to become proficient. And it really is the same way with God's scriptures. You can, uh, you know, you, you can learn and grow and use the scriptures just as proficiently as a musician would play a particular instrument. Or, or whatever, you know, the, the, um, uh, hobby or, uh, career is that people become proficient in. But we can become proficient in the Word of God. Isn't that something? Yes. And, you know, I've seen men and women of God, some of, of whom I count as, uh, uh, mentors or spiritual moms or dads, uh, over, you know, the years, That we're so proficient, proficient in prayer, proficient in, uh, declaring the word and hearing from God and being led by the Spirit of God. Well, you can become that way too. We just determined to. Amen. And I believe the first step is knowing that all scripture, this scripture right here, even the ones we're reading tonight are inspired by God. The Amplified says God breathed. God breathed. Um, They're given to us, to for us to be uh, for profitable instruction, reproof, co- conviction, amen, and uh, to really be trained up in righteousness. So, we'll we read the Amplify in verse 17. So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. So the, this is what the scripture does for us. So really we should spend time in the scriptures. We should spend time with the scriptures. And uh someone said, you know, if you put the scriptures in you, if you sow them in you, yeah. when you don't need them, they'll be there for you when you do need yeah. them. Because there's coming there's going to come a day yeah. when you need the scripture. It might be today that you need these scriptures. But, you know, it's gonna come a time where you need the healing scriptures, or you need the prosperity scriptures, or, or anything else that God has already given us. You need to know what He has said. You know, I have attorneys in my family. My, uh, two, my grandfather was an attorney, my two uncles are attorneys, I have cousins that, uh, are, uh, two or three of them that are attorneys, one's now a judge, but we have a lot of legal people in our, in my life, and, uh, they, one of them told me uh, when I was talking to him that there's so much uh, uh, legal terms that come from the Bible. Wow. Uh, you know, will and testament. I mean, I'm just to throw out a couple of terms, but um, that you know you can uh, plead your case before God just like you would plead your case in a courtroom, and um, many times. What we want to do, if we, if you've ever been in, involved in a court case, I haven't really been involved, you know, in in that part of it as far as being, uh, convi- you know, um, uh, accused of something, that kind of thing. But I was on jury duty, so it was really interesting how all of it uh, came to pass, and I was really enjoyed, actually enjoyed the experience of that. But um, you know, they don't want to hear what people feel up there on the. You know, it's not about emotion. Now, somebody might get emotional, but it's about the law. Amen. It all comes down to the law. Did they break the law or did they not break the law? What does the law say? And it's interesting that God, I'm sure he is touched with our tears from time to time, but it really all comes down to his word. Amen. It comes down to this, his word. We, you know, we... um, Use it as a platform to to plead our case, yes. so we need to know it that's the point I'm making. You need to know the word. It's just like having a legal document that that you have at your house about whatever you need to know what it says. You need to know what the contract says we we were um we had a contract David and I not too long ago, and uh the person that was enforcing this contract um told us we owed this amount of money and David got to looking at the contract and we paid the money. (laughs) And David got to looking at the contract and he said, Scarlett, this, this money wasn't even due. It was, this is the, not even the date. This, this contract is dated such and such and such and such, which was in the future. It wasn't even due. And yet this person, you know, didn't read it right. Of course they came back and said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake and, you know, made, everything worked out. But it's just interesting. You need to know what the contract says. Amen. You need to know what the legal document says. And I believe many Christians don't enjoy the benefits of what God has done through Jesus Christ because they don't know what this book says or they reject what it says. You know. And so it's a shame either way not to know. He says, my people perish for lack of knowledge or because they reject knowledge. And, you know, you really, if people are going to reject it, there's not too much you can do about it except be patient and keep preaching it. Because I have seen people come back around, you know, they reject it for a while. And then they then all of a sudden they kind of open up or maybe they go through what David and I call, the two by four hits them up. The side of the head, yeah. you know? And then all of a sudden they're real open to the word of God. Right. We don't want that to happen. But sometimes life has some hard knocks in it. And people do turn to God in those times at, you know, at times. And then they're wide open to learn. So what we do, we just preach the word. Amen. Um, in fact, let's look over at that scripture in Second Timothy, chapter four. And this verse 2 says, preach the reader's digest. <laughs> that dates me, doesn't it? But some people watching online might not even know what that is. <laughs> preach four points in a poem? No. It says, preach the word. Yeah. Preach the word. And I have been through my lifetime uh, persecuted as others, I'm sure. About why do you use so many scriptures? You know, your book, God Loves Women, all it is is just scriptures. Well, what else am I supposed to say? <laughs> what else are we here for except for the word of God? Amen. And and I know it needs to be interesting and you need to make it interesting. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying you need, like Brother Higgin used to say, you need to be a stickler for the word. Amen. A stickler For the word, and the first thing that should come up in your mind when you're faced with something is, what does the word say about this? What does the word say? And that's what I. And if you don't know what it says, find out what it says. Amen. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now this, you know, in season and out of season, we've, we've heard that and I believe it's correct. Just be ready all the time to preach. I think that's a wonderful message. We all, we all should be that way. It, it, not necessarily for the pulpit, but to preach wherever we are. Proclaim the good news. So always be ready. But then also I think it has a dual meaning and I think it means, uh, like, uh, for instance, some things will be, have times of popularity, you know, And some things not be so popular during that time. We can think about fashion, for instance, and some things are in season and some things are out of season or a winter coat in the middle of summer down here wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right. (laughs) So uh, but what what I'm saying is we, we need to preach the word when it's popular and when it's not popular. Amen. You preach it in season and out of season. You preach it when everybody else is doing whatever their culture is saying to do. What do we do? Preach the word. (laughs) Hallelujah. We proclaim the word. We preach the word instant in season and out. Praise God. Because it's the word that's going to change things. It's the word that we present to the Lord. and, And he works with his word. In fact, he's really listening for his word because it is his will. It's his will. And he is going to only do his will. He's not going to do our will. Thank God. Can you imagine God trying to do our will all the time and what we think is right and wrong and oh, Lord. But his will, his word is always right. And so that's what we declare. That's what we act on. And that's what we say. So let's look at Psalm uh, 138 and see how important here God's word is to him, to himself. You know, your word ought to be important to you. Um, when we say something, we should uh, back it up and hold to it. And it, even, you know, the Bible says, swear to your own hurt. If you said something, you should do it. Um, we, you know, we have a little uh, bulldog, a little French bulldog, Blanche, and um, my daughter has taken a lot of dog obedience classes with her dogs, and she's a really good trainer and all that, so she's teaching me, trying to teach me how to train my dog some, which is ridiculous, because I don't. I'm just a grandmother now. <laughs> I don't really care that much. <laughs> I used to. I would train all my dogs. Now it's like, do what you want to do. You know? <laughs> but anyway, she's trying to help me with Blanche some. And she said, now, mother, you know, you say treat. And she learns it to come to you because the word treat. But every time you say it, you have to do it. You can't just say treat and not have a treat. You've got to have it. You've got. That's how you train them. And so, you know, it's, it's when, when God's word is spoken, He means what He says. And, and we, as we speak His word and, and put Him in remembrance of His word, we have to believe what we're saying too. Yes. And it's just, it's just difficult. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's difficult to walk by faith if you're a liar because you don't even believe your own words. That's true. It's very difficult. Uh, You know, I'm I'm sure we've all lied. Um, In fact, the Bible says um, in uh, uh, Numbers that God's not a man that he should lie. In other words, probably everybody has lied. But if you become a habitual liar, it's going to be very difficult for you to walk by faith. Amen. Because we have to believe what we're saying and we have to say the truth and the truth is God's word. All right, let's look at Psalm 138. Look at verse 2. I will worship toward the holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So that's how he's exalted his word, magnified his word, even above his name. Now, that's pretty serious, isn't it? Really, your reputation and all is is uh, you know a, equivalent to your word, amen. Yeah. And God, He's not going to say something and have go to all the trouble of have it written down and then not make it right. He's just not going to do it. Well, He hasn't come through for me before. Well, it's not ever on God's end. Something's going on with our end. <laughs> And we hate to admit it, that we're wrong or that we're not, you know, whatever. Um, but it's not God. Amen? We have to know that it's not God's problem. It's like a, a, ra- a, a radio station sen- sending out signals uh, or a television station sig- sending out signals and we're not being able to pick it up for some reason. It's not the station. It's our TV or it's like me not figuring out how these remotes work. <laughs> don't you want to just throw them away sometimes you think, why do we yeah. have four? Why can you know why, why don't we just have one channel. Don't you wonder that at yeah. times? Yeah. But um, <laughs> but anyway, we we see that it's not the problem of transmission, it's the problem of receiving. Amen. And so we just have to know that. And you know what? God's so merciful. Well, he will help us if we will humble ourselves and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. Would you please help me? And he will. He'll share with you the word. There's been times, I think I've told you this before, but I was having a tough time way back years and years and years ago. My hair was falling out. And I have a lot of hair, thank God. So it wasn't a lot. It wasn't real noticeable. But, I mean, it was coming out. And I said, Lord, I believe, you know, 1 Peter two twenty four says by his stripes, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. It says I am and I am still all this hair coming out. So finally, I said, Lord, what do you think about this? What's happening here? And I knew in my spirit I was standing on the wrong scripture. He said, you're not uh, your problem is not that your problem is worry and stress. And your scripture is casting all your care over on the Lord, for he cares for you. That's the scripture I needed to confess and to act on. And, you know, when I did, when I made that turn, everything was fine. Everything started working fine and, you know, I didn't have that problem. So we do need to listen to God about what he what is happening. We don't need just to. Parrot it off words, right. amen, or come up with our own thing. I think it's very important to humble ourselves and say, okay, something's wrong. I know it's wrong on my end. What am I doing wrong? Right. And ask God and he'll tell you won't he? So he's magnified his word above his name. God's promises, the Bible says, are yes. I love that about him. Because in, you know, my denomination I grew up in, it said he would say something like, maybe yes, maybe no, or wait. <laughs> but you can't find that in the scripture. Again, we have to know what the scripture says because the, you know, the Bereans says right. they, they were the ones who would search the scriptures to see if what was being preached was really scriptural. And they were complimented for doing that. And I think that wouldn't hurt any of us, to, you know, take some sermons after we listen to them and um, look up the scriptures and see if what's being said is what's in the word. Amen. Doesn't hurt anything. God's not offended by that. Second Corinthians, look at chapter 1 here. Are you with me? All right. I know it's been a long day, but we just... A couple more minutes and then we're going to go. Second Corinthians chapter one. I want you to see this. Verse 20. For all, again, all, the word all in the Greek and the Hebrew and everything means all. Got it? (laughs) It's real easy. But it's a very small word, but it's a very powerful word. For all the promises of God in him are yea. We could say yes, right? It's not yes, no, maybe, wait a little while, we'll see. It's yes, all the promises. You can count on the promises of God. We sang about that a while ago. Standing on the promises. You can count on what God has said. And he likes it. When you hold him to his word, he gets joy out of that. That you're standing on what he has said. Isn't it fun when you say something and somebody believes you? Isn't it not fun when you say something and they think you're lying or they don't think you're telling the truth? It's a joy to God's heart when we take him at his promises and say, this is what you promised. And I believe you're good for your word. God's not a liar. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him. Amen. unto the glory of God by us. So we come into agreement with his promises. Um, and look at Psalm 19. We're going to go back over here in the Old Testament again. Psalm um, 19. And let's look at verse 7. Psalm 19. Now, Patsy, some of you know Patsy uh, Caminetti. She was my roommate at Bible school. And we had we always had a big time together, she and Candace, um Jackson. And uh, she used to sing this. She sang this scripture. I don't know if you've heard it sung before, but it's very beautiful. Good. And that was the first time I'd ever heard it sung. But I'll, I won't try to do that tonight. I did that this afternoon by myself at home. <laughs> but I won't do it now. I'll just read it. Moreover, to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Great rewar- reward. So these uh, uh, referrals, the laws, the statutes, uh, you know, the judgments, the, the, it's all pointing to the word. Amen. The Word of God is all these things. And so it, it's enough to make you whole. It's a, a, enough to make you a very peaceful being. It's enough to fill you with the joy of the Lord. The Word of God, you know, and and verse 10 says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. It's not God have anything against gold. He made gold. Read the book of Genesis. God made gold and it was good gold, right? It wasn't fool's gold. It was good gold. So he's not against gold. He's just saying, if you need anything, go to the word, value the word, put the word first, and the gold will come. In fact, everything you need will come. Amen? So uh, we see that, uh, how important again, the Lord's Uh, testimony is of his word and I love the fact that it says he makes wise the simple wisdom comes in just such a simple form Uh, I was reminded of um, Solomon you know two women came to him and uh, they were both harlots and they had babies at a wedlock and they came and one of of the women uh, had rolled over on her infant in the bed and killed the child, killed the baby accidentally, I suppose. I'm sure it was probably accident. So anyway, she takes the dead baby and puts it in this mother's bed and takes the live baby and gets it. And so she's nursing this baby in the morning. This gal wakes up with a dead baby, horrified, and then realizes it's not her baby. So they come before Solomon, and Solomon is there, and uh, they said, uh, but bo- both of them said, "This is my baby." So he's has a dilemma here. They didn't have DNA or whatever t- testing back then, I suppose. So he's in the dilemma there of what am I going to do with these two women and this one baby? Well, the wisdom of God. Aren't you glad? <laughs> the wisdom of God comes in, and he said, "Get me a get me a sword, and I'm going to cut this baby in half. Give half to this mother and half to this mother." Well, the one that had already killed her baby accidentally, I suppose, said, yeah, do that. Let's cut this baby in half. Well, the other one said, no, just give it to her. Well, of course Solomon knew that this was the real mom. Any mom would not let you, in their right mind, chop their child in half. And, um, so Solomon had the wisdom there, and I believe uh that kind of wisdom is it's you know it's so simple to see how that worked but who would just come up with that all of a sudden it's somebody that knows the wisdom of god and the his his word is wisdom to us this is the word of his wisdom amen um so it brings uh, enlightenment on on difficult situations that when we don't know what to do. God's word is light and it brings illumination to us. So we can, you know, people say, trust in Jesus. And I believe you should trust in Jesus. Um, trust in God. I heard that all my life growing up. Trust in Jesus. Trust in God. And I thought, how do I do that? I don't know exactly how to do that. And then when I finally came into the word of faith, uh, I found out it's by trusting his word. It's yeah. by trusting his word you trust him. It's by trusting what he said in these scriptures that you trust him. Amen. And of course, Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. So let's end with this in um, Hebrews chapter four. I'll let you go home with this. Hebrews chapter four. Were you reminded of anything tonight? Hopefully the Spirit of God speaks to you. If you don't, if you didn't need this tonight, you will sometime. (laughs) So. Praise the Lord. We'll just take it home with us. Um, and, and you know, in Matthew, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. His words are eternal. And this script, these scriptures are eternal. So we should value them and hold them very close to us. We should value our Bibles. Amen. I mean, and, you know, I, I went to a conference one year with a friend of mine and, um, we were that those were the days where you had to get there really early to get a seat. And you had to, you know, it was morning, afternoon, night meetings that were packed. And and uh, so I, I told her, I said, let's let's leave our Bibles in our chairs. And then when we come back, we can have these chairs saved for us. She goes, oh, I'm not leaving my Bible. She's I'd rather leave my purse than my Bible <laughs> because it meant so much to her. She didn't want somebody to come by, and pick up her Bible, she said, i leave my purse before my Bible. And I thought, you know what? That's the way it should be. We should be so interested in the Word of God that nothing else can compare. All right? Okay, Hebrews, is that where we are? Hebrews 4, and look at verse um, 12. It says, for the Word of God is quick. Now, that word quick means alive or lively or producing life. The Word of God produces life. Now that right there should make us want to spend time in the Word. It produces life. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody told me one time, the Word of God will make you alive and will make you sharp. Amen? It'll make you alive and it'll make you sharp. Sharper than any two-edged sword. And it will make you powerful too. Um, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. heart. Um, The Amplified says, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it, now listen to these, We, we have it up here, okay, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Now those are some powerful words, aren't they? Active, operative, energizing, and effective. And I just believe in our lives it makes us active and operative and energized and effective. The Word of God does those things. Now if you ignore the Word, it'll make you inactive, inoperative, <laughs> and lazy, and not energized, and ineffective. But if you put the Word in your mouth and in your heart, these things you will see come forth. It, this is what it produces. And so praise God. I hope I've encouraged you to spend some time in the word and let it be final authority. Amen. I have Good. In the spirit, I got okay. Great. I haven't done this in 30 years. <laughs> well, it's time we do it tonight. Right. <laughs> I was looking for something to Right in and I grabbed the back page of my Bible. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Okay, so here we go. I need another songbook or something. Let me grab it. You need a Bible? I got a Bible. Okay. Praise God. How many enjoyed that? way. <laughs> Praise God. We need it, don't we? Okay. Is what I got. <laughs> go. an of my soul. Of life around me roll. Even when the tempest causes me. He's all over the middle of Out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Song of the Spirit. Thirty years behind. <laughs> Is it a?